Hello, I'm Katie Daly. Thanks for joining me on Bluegrass Stories, which I produce with my friends Akira Otska and Howard Parker. Jesse Brock has been a part of the bluegrass scene since he was a child playing in his family's band. He's won IBMA Mandolin Player of the Year twice. In 2019, he leads his own band, Mainline Express, which made its debut at the 34th Annual Joe Val Festival in Framingham, Massachusetts. Howard Parker had a chance to talk with Jesse about his changing role. I'm here with Jesse Brock at the uh, 34th Annual Joe Val Bluegrass Festival up here in Framing Framingham, Massachusetts, and uh, Jesse's got a new project that we're going to be talking a lot about in just a couple of seconds here, but just a short re reminiscence and leading up to that, um, I, I think I first became aware of you when you played for Lynn, Lynn Morris. Yes. And what what year might have that, what range might have that have been? I was in the band two different stints. Uh, my first stint was in 92. Uh, I played for one year with Chris Jones in the band and Tad Marks on the fiddle. And uh, Tad Marks played fiddle with uh, Del McCurry for a little while and James King, just to name a few. And uh, it was a very memorable time. Uh, we went uh, my first tour was down in Texas for two weeks with the band, and it was like a trial period that went very well. And so uh, I continued to be in the band for a year, and uh, then I took a break and uh, did the day job for a while. And a couple years went by, and Chris Jones, who I had just mentioned, uh, was starting a band and asked if I'd like to be in his band. So. Uh, I said, yeah, I think I'd like to do that. I'm going to keep my day job and 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 do your venues on the weekends. And uh, so I did both for a while. And then Lynn Morris called to ask me to fill in uh, here and there. So at one time, I was playing in two bands and working a 40-hour-plus day job all at once. So it was a revolving door of work. Yeah. And I just got so burnt out and... Eventually, Lynn Morris offered me back a full-time position in 98. Mm. So I had already recorded an album with Chris uh, on his first Rebel release. And um, it was a year later, I believe, when I was offered back into the Lynn Morris band for another five years, I think, mm. in 98 until 2003. And, and since Lynn, I, I don't want to harp on every band but you've been a member of some very significant bands yes. through the years I've been very fortunate all all of them almost all of them i think award-winning bands and and you yourself um are an award-winning mandolin player you've received <laughs> ibma mandolin player of the year awards yeah no pressure there <laughs> <laughs> i think uh i think it was 2009 and 2015 with ibma yeah it's uh it's wonderful and um and here we are in in uh 2019 uh you've been a side guy for a lot of years right now and now you have an opportunity and there's a new chapter happening in Definitely. Jesse's life. So tell us about that, please. Well, it, it calls upon a lot of uh, expertise just from the years of traveling and learning from other bands, uh, including my own family band. 
which was my first job in the music industry. Uh, I've been playing for 38 years, and uh, having started young, I had to kind of grow up fast and mingle with adults, and and uh, that's a that's a good trait to have to be able to uh, have good social skills and communicate to the public. Uh, it, it has served me well, but. I'm still learning today of what's required of me, not only as a musician, but as a businessman, and how to run the logistics of a band, how to keep everybody happy, <laughs> including myself. Is that is that a prerequisite? That's <laughs> Those are management skills that <laughs> are extremely required in this job, but I'm, I'm learning fast. Now, it, it seems like... Um this band came together in a hurry, but clearly it's been on your mind for a while, I would, yeah. I would guess. Yeah. Uh, as many people know, I've, I've been with the Gibson Brothers for five and a half years. I'm no longer in the band and uh, went right from that band into this new venture. Well, I know that I've been performing with these guys uh, that are in the band for the last 15 years. And uh, we've had one weekend a year to do uh, like reunion shows with my friends. Mm -hmm. And my friends in the band consist of Gary Philgate on banjo and John Miller, who's the lead singer and uh, guitarist. And we've taken uh, these 15 years of experience and formed it into what's known now as Mainline Express. And as of November, uh, and it is now... February. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, that's the short amount of time that we've been able to put everything together. That's microseconds in yeah. this in this world. We've built a business model. Uh, we've already uh, um, achieved one year's worth of work in just a few short months, and we've started on a single right away that will be released in just a few weeks. Uh, our deadline is already met. With that, we're ahead of schedule, and our Full-length album should be out um, in June, if not sooner. And if my notes are accurate, I think it's on Sound Biscuit. Correct. Is that correct? Yes. And so you've you've known these guys for more than a decade, fifteen years. Yes. Uh, how how uh, can I assume that these guys were uh, part-time professional players during during that time? Were they doing this music full-time? No, they were not. John Miller is an incredible guitarist and singer. Uh, and also what he brings to the table is his arrangement skills uh, with the songs. We've, uh, we've designed like a, a central nerve system for where we funnel our material to, and he's that point guy uh, to, to uh, try to organize and assess the material before we waste our time listening to stuff <laughs> and uh, kind of sift through the bad stuff before we get to it. So right. we have levels of... You know, we all know what we want, uh, what we want to stay away from. So that's pretty easy to kind of sift through. So how, how did you approach these guys back in November? I'm assuming it wasn't uh, uh, get all all the guys together on the conference call and say, hey, guess what, guys? But we're now a full-time <laughs> na nationally known band, and we're going to be touring and looking at festivals and, and recording. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Well, first of all, we're friends, and that's great to start out a business with friends, but they're all on the same page. Uh, they all have great business minds, 
and um, we had done a reunion show in early November, and um, circumstances had changed to where it was time for me to make a, a decision and, and change. And uh, when, when that was made, they all pretty much saw the future ahead of me that I had to continue on with, with this band. Mm-hmm and make a mark for myself and for them it's a joint effort uh i want to emphasize on that that it's uh it's not just the jesse brock band it's it's mainline express as, as sometimes we call a benevolent dictatorship and correct in a band. and anyone who knows me knows i am not egotistical uh i would rather not have my name on anything uh but i've i've had a lot of advice uh saying well uh we think your experience and the years in the business should stand for something. And I've pretty much left it up to the promoters to, to use my name uh, in whatever capacity. If they want to label it Jesse Brock and Mainline or uh, Jesse Brock Presents Mainline Express, which is what Joe Val, uh, the Joe Val Festival did this weekend. And I'm comfortable with that. If they just want to label it on their flyers as Mainline Express, that's fine too. There's a always a bit of a, a, a vision question in, mm-hmm. and I'm assuming that that if we sit down and listen to the band a year from now, it, it'll probably be different from the band that we um, that we saw last night. What are you guys discussing right now? How do you, how do you want to approach the music? And uh, is there going to be a lot of original material that you contemplate bringing in? Is anyone in the band writing? right now we we have a couple writers i'm i'm more of a tunesmith than i am a lyricist mm-hmm. um and so i bring that to the table uh i'm going to dabble in the in uh, writing lyrics uh but we have an array of songwriters that are uh coming into the picture that are on board already we have over an album's worth of material yeah we have a, a couple writers also in the band uh john miller's uh, co-written with uh, some some of our uh, team players. How how would you categorize the sound that y- you might be aiming for? Well, we are all traditionalists. Uh, we we honor the old sounds that are enable us to do what we do. Um, I grew up with Bill Monroe and Flat and Scruggs and the Stanley Brothers, um, and also ironically uh, Joe Val. And I'm here. Uh, presenting the band for the first time at the Joe Val Festival, which is very special to me. I met Joe Val in 1984 at the Bill Monroe Festival, and at that time he was not feeling well, and uh, his stage performance required him to be on a stool uh, playing his mandolin. And I met him at his table, and he signed a couple LPs for me, which I still have and very a very kind gentleman and very missed and uh that that really opened my eyes as to what i wanted to do also with my career now i noticed last night and there's probably a lot of curiosity going on uh, besides the instrumentation of what the uh who was going to be doing what on the vocals and we we're all sort of all that Everyone I was sitting with is saying, uh, "Okay, is it going to? It's going to be mainly duet stuff. Is it going to be trios? If it's going to be trios, you know, who gets assigned the parts?" And and much to my 
personal delight. I'm pretty sure I heard you singing lots of tenor last night. Yes, you did. And even lead. Yes, it was a it was quite a mixture. Uh, we we do have a trio, and John and I are lovers of the Skaggs and Rice period, and um, we'll be incorporating some of that in the future shows. But yes, I I, I do sing some lead, and uh, I'm very comfortable being a parts singer. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like singing baritone, but we've got that covered with the banjo player. Yeah. So, would you rather be singing lead or tenor? I'd rather be singing tenor. Uh, I'm a big John Duffy fan, and anyone of the D.C. area uh, can appreciate that. And I've always admired his falsetto abilities, like one of the strongest falsetto voices in bluegrass. And uh, I, I'd like to kind of aim towards that you know no one's really uh taken the baton uh from john duffy in that aspect and i'd like to be that guy yeah and i noticed that uh, uh john uh reaching up to tenor very often i mean when when you were singing lead uh john's a heck of a tenor singer oh yeah we can cross over quite a bit that's a real plus in this band because we have uh many cards that we can play and uh, we don't have to rely on one trick. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> no one wants to be known as a one-trick band. That, exactly. That is for sure. That's for sure. And we're still getting everything together, um, just like microphone choices and, and that uh, with the stage show. And It's very important if you're going to use the one mic concept to get your choreography correct and, and mic usage. And, and we're honing that in. Yeah. And deciding whether that's what we want to do or go with the straight line of mics and just something every band has to consider when they're starting out. What now, works for now, them. Now we're getting into the geek talk here. I guess so. Can, can you, which is good, by the way, sure. I, th- I think. So la- last night, um, can you describe your, your mic arrangement from last night first? Yeah, we had a, a, a C3000 uh, in the center, and that encapsulates uh, the nucleus of the band and the concept is to have that very strong so you don't have to hug it mm-hmm. and uh, you stand back away from it and you use that imaginary circle uh, like they did in the old days like Flatt and Scruggs and Bill Monroe they all did it they knew how to use the microphones and uh, if you don't have your own sound engineer uh, that can be problematic and if you hug that microphone too close they can take all your power away from you and then the energy doesn't translate to the audience so it's very important to decide what works for you and um, we had hopes that our sound engineer could have been here but he was stuck in Colorado and um, sometimes you just got to roll with the punches and and uh, I feel I could have had a better performance had uh, that situation worked out better but you know it's trial and error from where I was sitting, I think the, you also had a separate mandolin mic. Uh, yeah, we had more mics up there than I anticipated. Um, our concept was to have that center mic and then uh, the X pattern uh, right below it with uh, some condenser mics. And then, much to my surprise, there were two satellite mics on the, on the side on each side. Not a fan. No, I think what would have worked better was would to have been just the one microphone, set it hot, and work 
far away from it. You start throwing too much in the mix, and that gives uh, uh, the house sound too much power uh, to deal with, too many knobs to move. If you if you limit that access to your own control on stage, I think you can uh, have more control if you know what you're dealing with with the center mic. And For those um, uh, bands up and coming that are contemplating going to the the single mic or the the single mic uh, with a little cluster underneath or side mics, what? Do you have any advice for those guys? What are some of the pitfalls and that, that you've you found in, in those arrangements? I would say utilize your rehearsal time before you go on stage with your choreographic show. There's a lot of movement around on stage with a center mic, if that's the concept you're going to use. And not everybody's familiar with that. you got to move in and out, and you got to be out of the way for the, the next soloist or vocalist and uh, if you're stepping on everyone's feet <laughs> it doesn't translate well to the audience either so um, it's just a matter of experience and uh, and rehearsal what works best for you we were just so glad to be here and a great opportunity for the band to uh, debut it's it's a heck of a venue well it's a heck of a venue. They, they've given us a wonderful opportunity and willing to work with us to promote us uh, for, for future venues and in the world of bluegrass. I'd like to um, ask a couple of uh, questions about your, your mandolin playing, sure. mm-hmm. um, if I could. And I'll admit that I am, I am, I am not a man, mandolin player. Uh-huh. Um, and after listening to you for... More than a few years. <laughs> um, I think that you've got one of the m- most elegant mandolin styles out there. It's it's very woody sounding to me. It uh, y- you play what needs to be played. It's it's like you're sitting there thinking about every single note that you're playing and whether or not you're <laughs> going to emphasize this note or that note and and for, for i mean for the audience that can't see it anyway i mean uh you've always presented a a a, a, a very elegant stage demeanor oh, well, in every you. band i've ever seen you with i mean uh, for anyone that can't see, he's wearing. I actually have a sport coat hanging up. <laughs> you know, I was going to say, should I wear that for Jesse because he's <laughs> he's going to he's going to be dressed so much better than me <laughs> during this interview. Aww. But can can you talk about your w- what your approach to the mandolin is? And sure. Um, well, as of last year, I I did uh, put out a book on the the style of Jesse Brock. And, um, and where's that published? Uh, or where can people get it? They can go right to my website, and they also can also go to, uh, well, first of all, it's jessebrock.com. Thanks. Yep. And they can also go to the band website, which is mainlineexpressmusic.com, and they can get anything from the store uh, on that website. But you can also go to my website and get the book. And uh, I had help with that book at Nick D. Sebastian helped uh, with the notation part of the of the booklet and we've got solos throughout my career and some tunes that we added in and um, he was a, a a big part in putting that out he actually came to me and said why don't we do this and he actually came off with the uh, title too 
So um, that's that's not an egotistical thing to to label it the style of mandolin style of Jesse Brock is what it's titled. Well, you've got you have a style, and it's recognizably <laughs> Jesse Brock to to my ears. Well, thank you. And having heard that, it looks like I'm thinking over every note. Uh, to a degree, I am. Um, I'm I'm playing with my heart and letting my ears do the walking. And I'm listening to the singer, and if it's not the singer, I'm listening to who's doing the lead uh, instrumentation at the point at that time, and just trying to be a supporter and build a foundation for what's going on. And then everyone has their time to shine in the show or on the album, and um, I'm really focused on melody and weaving in and out of the melody to be musical and I'm um, not really a jazz player mm-hmm. uh, I don't see myself as an abstract mandolinist um, pretty simple but I know what I like I'm a meat and potatoes kind of mandolin player and that's what's missing I think in today's music it's uh, I noticed that uh, you're mostly not a very noty player correct that every I, I don't know if this is fair or not but um i, I always thought that y- your approach to mandolin was pretty similar to mike aldridge's approach on dobro in other words oh, he would play you. like one note and you say oh yeah well that's that's mike i know i know that note and he played that one note perfectly and it, it was in support of whatever he was supporting uh, and when i listen to you play mandolin that's that's what i hear as well I, i'm very honored to to hear that because i'm a, i was was and am still a fan of his playing uh, and so i tried to adopt those same kind of uh, philosophies to uh, let the notes ring out and it's about space and uh, if if you study all the instruments in bluegrass uh, all the greats adopt that same philosophy it's it's not about how many notes you fit into your solo and try to dazzle the audience it's what you don't play and the tone it's about tone and letting your notes ring out and the the largest percentile of the audience you don't want to play over their head and just um, they like to hear um, real music with with space and you throw too much at them and they're just going to be overwhelmed in my opinion Um, just a small percentile really grasps uh, the level of Chris Thiele or Bela Fleck. And what they do is exceptional and appreciated. Most people can't do it. They'd like to do it. The ones who try can't really pull it off. And there's no in-between. You're either really good at it or you're really bad at it. <laughs> it's as simple as that. There's, there's no uh, beating around the bush. With Pretty that. binary. It's either on or it's, it's off. Exactly. Yeah. Ones and zeros to me. And, uh, you know, I was, I was raised by a banjo player. My father played uh, hard-driving banjo, and, and he's responsible for... Uh, shaping me into what I am today with my rhythm. Uh, I've got, I've been known to have a strong right hand, and that's because of my father saying I need that to drive the banjo solos and the rhythm. 
the banjo also plays a rhythmic part in the in bluegrass and i understood that from him and i knew what he needed i knew what the band needed and that's just carried over to what people hear now from me um and it's it's very strange because i have a strong right hand rhythmically when i go to solo mode it's a very delicate uh, transition so you can be loud at one moment with the rhythm and then delicate with the solos and that's why it's important to have the right microphone set up too because mm-hmm. i don't play hard when i go to solo mode and i and i'm, I'm curious uh, again from a geekish standpoint when you when you go from rhythm to solo how, how do you sort of make sure that that doesn't leave a rhythm hole behind you that has to be filled well uh, that's where the other members in the band step up and control the dynamics uh, that's another aspect to our music today that's kind of gone by the wayside and uh, if you listen to a lot of albums on the radio they're all in your face and there's no dynamic mixing it's just all there and i think it's important from what we grew up listening to in the in the all the way from the 40s to the i'll even say from the 40s to the 80s uh dynamics were a big part of our music and as technology came into the picture everyone wanted to just be loud and compare to compare it to rock music and be rock stars Mm -hmm. and just put it all in your face and there's no dynamics at that point so we're trying to bring back old into the new and focus on dynamics let the guitar and the bass and the banjo drive behind the mandolin solos. And when the mandolin's done spotlighting, then it's back to rhythm mode, and it, it just all is controlled. That's we don't the, even have to talk about it. I mean, that's what's special about this band is we all understand it. And you sort of feel it as you play along. We, felt, we feel it. Um, it's something that all the great bands understood and what we're known for. Uh, the biggest example would be J.D. Crow in the New South. All those guys from Double Zero Forty Four album on Rounder Records, that's the school of what we're doing. Certainly is. Well, I um, I don't want to spend all day, although you I can could. If you want, I'm <laughs> I'm fine. Well, what what would you? What's on your mind, Jesse? Outside of questions that I'm talking, anything that you'd like to to chat about? Well, it's just. Wearing a new hat, being a businessman, aside from a musician, it's it's uh, it's half of the pie, really. And uh, how, how do you feel about that? Uh... I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie about it, uh, but I'm getting better at it each week. Uh, I started out being a booking agent with this band, even, um, and I'm still handling some very uh, close contracts, um, like with Joe Val. I'll continue the relationship with Joe Val, uh, the Joe Val Bluegrass Music Festival here, and uh, just a handful of close contracts like that. But uh, the other 95% of the work is handed off to Melanie Wilson uh, uh, Promotions, who's uh, booking the band now. Uh, Anybody interested in booking the band can just go right to her. Um, I've got enough headaches with not having to book the band. And so. is her contact on your on your website it or is. the band's website? We have uh, brand new sharp looking business cards that we've presented on the table, uh, which doesn't 
help the uh, fans out there in Radio Land, but you can go to our website, like I mentioned earlier, MainlineExpressMusic.com, and all of that information's on the website. Well, um, I'm I'm happy for you. I'm happy for the other guys and in, in the band. I can tell you that I was looking at the audience reaction last night, and it was clear they wanted to see Jesse Brock on stage oh. again and forever. Well, uh, one thing I was sorry about was not mentioning our lead guy uh, on the guitar, John Miller, uh, who was really uh, instrumental in uh, going forward with this. Without a, a front man, the, it's, the job's even much more difficult. And, uh, you know, everyone knows this as uh, Jesse Brock going forward, but I really lean on these other friends in the band to to help out everyone has uh tasks within the band to handle logistically i'm i'm very honored to be on stage with such great gentlemen um and i'll mention those names again it's john miller on guitar and vocals um, and gary philgate longtime friend on banjo and vocals and myself jesse brock and you are mainline express correct Congratulations again. Thank you. Jesse, can't tell you how much we appreciate your time. Well, thank you and, for having uh, me. And safe travels wherever your next uh, stop is. And I am sure that we will see you on the road again sooner than later. I sure hope so. And all my best to Miss Katie Daly, too. You hear that, Katie? Thanks, Jess. Thank you. That was Jesse Brock with Howard Parker at the 34th Annual Joe Val Bluegrass Festival in Framingham, Massachusetts. To learn more about Jesse's band, visit MainlineExpressMusic.com. I'm Katie Daly. Thanks for listening to Bluegrass Stories.